the volume. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco joining you here on Kentucky Derby Saturday afternoon via AMP Volume Sports YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcast. Before we get in to all things Knicks Heat Game 3, I want to introduce you to a new partner of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco, Game Time the fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. for last-minute amazing deals on tickets to NBA, NHL, or MLB games. Download the GameTime app. It doesn't stop at sports. GameTime even has tickets to concert and comedy shows, too. So download the GameTime app and redeem code MONACO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, download the GameTime app and enter code MONACO. That's M-O-N-A-C-O for $20 off off no matter where you live get out and have some fun this week download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed let's get in to a 105 86 miami heat routing serenity now i mean what are we doing nicks are we partying in South Beach when we should be in Del Boca Vista playing shuffleboard with the Costanzas? This was a tough one. In all seriousness, the storyline is, again, the New York Knicks, an unthinkable 8-for-40 from Steph Curry land, shooting 20% in a game where Miami just has to do what Miami does well, which is when Jimmy Butler is on the court, work the offense through him. And if we get into out the gate first quarter action, you cannot be more frustrated if you are a New York Knicks fan, a New York Knicks backer. Now, this was a three and a half point betting line. Knicks are the underdog. I set the table for you on my pick, which was, of course, the Knicks money line. Yes, drop it to me in the volume sports comments. Let me know the Knicks are terrible. It's going to be a five in Miami, yada, yada. But the reality is, this is not a Warriors-Lakers series. The Knicks have not been playing every other day in this first two out the gate. They have all the way since Tuesday to sit on a fortunate game two win and come out in Miami with some ethos, pathos, locos, a little, do I dare say, Pacino any given Sunday out the gate, a little, do I dare say, longest yard, Sandler Act 3. I don't know. Pick a sport, pick a speech, come out the gate with some enthusiasm. 22 of the 29 points for Miami, unlike game one, unlike game two, are in the paint to kick off act three. Let me repeat myself. Miami, a finesse team in game two, which if you were with me on my reaction video, came out 15, 17 of their first 22 points in, in game two first quarter action were from beyond the arc. Now, that was a Jimmy butler list team. Big thing to note here. Jimmy Butler comes into the mix. They want to let you know, we're going to establish physical dominance in the paint 
with buckets and let you know that yes, we can be a beautiful, crisp, non-dribbling and passing off-ball screen sort of Warriors-esque with it, but we can also punch you in the gullet if necessary. And this is what Miami did out the gate. I mean, you watch the first few sequences here. Jimmy Butler comes into the paint, gets you the first basket. You get a moving screen, then a bam bucket. I mean, you can't start worse. And here we are just watching, and just from an observation standpoint, I wrote this down, a completely different Miami offense. Yes, they're imposing their will in the paint, but it was a lot more dribbling not as much passing. So you would have thought maybe the Knicks who were not closing out at all on the perimeter in game one and game two defensively would have welcomed this kind of approach offensively. Let Jimmy Butler with a mediocre, healthy ankle dribble the ball, dribble the ball around. But then we're talking about a lack of effort. We're talking about a lack of enthusiasm. This is where I make the joke out the top. Are, are you out on Collins Avenue in the adult Disneyland in Miami? Or are you in sleeping, getting rest up on a business trip in this zip code of the 305? It really looks like the former. It did not look like they came out with any sense of urgency. And quite frankly, I'm not thrilled at the lack of adjustments. Now, let's get into the second court where, of course, you watch Miami win the first quarter. Theme-wise, you would expect it. They're off a loss. They come home. You know, the white-hot nation, heat culture, yeah, whatever, and, and, and give it to the Knicks. So, okay, they win the first quarter. You come out in the second quarter. Granted, we've seen Spolster come out in a zone in game one and game two out the second quarter. Here we go in the second quarter. Cannot start worse again. Again, we're talking about a three and then another three. And just like that, the Knicks are down and they're spiraling. Now, you're already losing the first quarter in a 29-21 point fashion when really it felt like you were down 15, but you're lucky to be down eight. You come out the second quarter, you give up two threes and you're down 12 to two in the second quarter. I'm now clicking live betting Dave and Buster's buttons. I shouldn't be. I'm chasing. This is where if you're betting, you don't want to touch your phone. You're thinking you're getting a great value play like the Knicks plus 12 and a half, even plus 14 and a half. Miami wins by 19. You are losing two, three, four times. This happens to me as a better. It can often catch you off guard when you're watching a game of runs like this. Sometimes these teams come back. Sometimes they just don't. And and we look at this first half. And in that second quarter, I mean, the Knicks have eight to their name. Butler's got eight to his. Miami, and you watched it. Yes, a slower half-court offense as opposed to game one and two, but these Kevin Love outlets outlet passes you saw him play quarterback on a couple of those rebounds were just magnificent which led to easy baskets Nick's not getting back and exposing that and you can't do that if you're New York and you're not knocking down your shots to start the game 
So it was, yes, very frustrating that you watch a Miami team out the first quarter gate, only go one of four from three, and you're still down eight. But in the second quarter, again, you don't really see much until halfway through the second quarter. Then the Knicks started, you know, to get a little bit into their MO, which is, all right, let's let we're not hitting shots, but let's at least turn up the intensity. Let's try to rebound a little more. I mean, the Knicks have nine first half turnovers. There's so many things to point wrong to in addition to not just putting the ball down the basket, but you're halfway through the second quarter and you're sitting there as a Knicks fan or a backer and going, Cody Zeller, Saturday at the Y, Cody Zeller, looks like a cul-de-sac father of three, has no business getting playoff valuable minutes, and and Cody Martin are out rebounding Mitchell Robinson and Hartenstein. And that is infuriating, just as, just as much as it is insulting. You're going to let Saturday at the Y, Zeller, outdog you when this is all the Knicks have in this series. You're not going to outshoot this team. You have to beat them in the paint. They did not do that in that first half. But I will credit the Knicks for a second here because at 12-2 in the second, you don't give up. You don't Galaxy Quest surrender. And it becomes 19-15 in the second quarter as far as as that that total point package so the Knicks battle back a little bit they even cut it to 10 with a quickly three who had life for the first time all playoffs but that end really where buckets gets the end one he does miss the the uh put back but you get the half and the Knicks have two threes they're two of 16 I need to go on airplane mode, rethink my whole existence, call somebody, yet I can't touch my phone. Miami's shooting less than they did out the first quarter gate, but you're still down 14, and where do you go from here? I mean, nine turnovers to three. Miami's got more steals, more blocks, and then the Knicks aren't even showing you that, yes, they can't hit these shots and sure, maybe they can crash the glass a little bit more there in the second half of that second quarter, but they're not giving you anything offensively, set-piece-wise, game plan-wise. They're looking at Brunson to just make a play. And Randall, who goes in these spurts here non-verbally, I know this team, if he's not having his shot, can often drift to the corner and check out. And then you're forced with R.J. Barrett shooting threes, and shots he never should. And now you feel like Will Ferrell and kicking and screaming on the sideline. But act three, Will Ferrell. After he starts drinking coffee, Will Ferrell. Not the nice version, act one, who needs to speak up to his dad across the next door neighbor hallway. I digress. Third quarter comes. And I really don't have much more to say in the second half here because the fourth quarter was disgusting and despicable. The third quarter we point out. Because the third quarter which was a 29-26 Miami win within the quarter, was again very frustrating from a Knicks perspective. Why? The Knicks were out dogging and out hustling this Miami team in the garden. As you know, I was there. I was witnessing it. I was able to speak on it. They were minus 13 Miami in second chance points in game one and game two. Midway through the third quarter, you're hearing the broadcast let you know they're plus eight. Plus eight. 
This is at the point where it's 7152, and I'm already thinking about what the Volume Sports YouTube comment section is going to do to me if I sit here and tell you the Knicks still have life in this series. But yes, what can you do? Randall hadn't gotten to the free throw line at this point in the third quarter. You got more turnovers than baskets for Julius Randall. You're an emotional leader on the road. And this is the thing that you cannot get bailed out with if you're New York on the road than you would be otherwise at home. You can lean on the crowd. We can come back and revive you. We can get in the noggin of everyone in Miami except for Jimmy Butler. But you can't do that on the road. And Brunson, 5 of 14, Randall, 3 of 12, and Barrett, 5 of 15 at that point in the third quarter, and you going 5 of 25 as a team from three, and that's after going two makes in the first half. You're sitting there going, you, you don't have anything left in the boxing ring to throw at this team. At that point in that end of the third quarter moment, you really feel like it's over for New York. And it's really disgusting to watch. And then you start getting NHL playoff chippy. You start watching Zeller and Randall and Martin push each other. What is it? Three technicals around the rim with a second and a half left in the third quarter. And you got the Rappaports of the world getting fired up as New York fans because that's all you have left. It was gross. It was it was a really, quite frankly, disappointing effort from a Knicks camp. Yes, your shooting was the difference today. You, you go an unthinkable eight for 40 from three-point land, you're not going to win that game. What was frustrating is that Miami didn't have a better shooting quarter after the first quarter. I'm sitting there texting with my guy, Henson. Knicks have a shot here. If they can get back to their style of play, Miami can't shoot today. Miami hit seven threes in this game. Seven makes. To put that into just perspective of how frustrating it is from this Knicks series backing standpoint, Miami hits 13 in game one, 17 in game two, and gives you seven made threes in game three and wins by 19. Dude, does anyone know a therapist I can talk to? I need one. I mean, honestly, who throws an Austin Powers cupcake? I'm really out of here on this. This Knicks team who, and let me just point out, Eight to six in the fourth quarter. Miami does the exact opposite of Michelle Obama. We go low, you go high. They go low with the Knicks. It's gross basketball. It's 14 points collectively as nobody sings kumbaya in the fourth quarter. Nobody's scoring. The game goes well under the number, if you're wondering. Doesn't even come close to cracking 200. Number closed around, it was somewhere in 206, 208 land. And 18 to 16 is your fourth quarter. So you don't really even go in to this intermission here in Miami with any kind of momentum from a Knicks thought. Now we got a plus 194 series line for the Knicks 
to win this series down two games to one in an absolute must win and only Ace Ventura can go down and flip the laces to save this club. Miami at minus 240, I have to feel fantastic about. They were 37 to 1 at one point to win the East. They are now in the driver's seat to get back, and we may ironically be witnessing a very well rematch of last year in a roundabout ways Eastern Conference Finals, the Heat and the Celtics. We will not go there yet. I am not waving the white flag. I am still confident this Knicks team can win this series. They have yet to play a complete game. They have not even stuck to Knicks basketball. This is what's so upsetting that no one's going to believe me if you didn't really watch Knicks Cavs and you're watching this series. They're just getting spooked on this level. And all I can hope for is that the big three, really led by Brunson and Randall, show up in game four. We will be back with you in game four on all things reaction. And really not much more to say here except for the fact that the Knicks need to regroup they need to watch some Rudy, remember the Titans type inspirational movies. Something, something. Josh Hart tweeting about Ted Lasso. Don't watch AFC Richmond for motivation, all right? We need to be watching serious, serious sports movies, Knicks. It's win or go home. This has been the Moneyline Monaco pod. Again, make sure you check out Game Time, the new partner of the Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco pod. Don't forget, we are on AMP Monday through Friday. Follow me there. Follow me all things social, Moneyline Monaco. And don't forget to hug your mothers. We will see you after Game 4 when hopefully it's 2-2 on the series. The Volume.